Chapter 12 One Giant Step for Humanity T minus 30 seconds and counting 29, 28, 27, 26. Six years ago, visitors from distant seas appeared on our shores. Representatives from around the world met with them at the United Nations. They embodied a future of peace and harmony. We learned more about them through lively debates and discussions. Through these exchanges, they revealed to us what, in our quiet thoughts, we had already concluded. That the future of humanity was bleak. We allowed this terrible realization to rise in our conscience. A bleak future was the only outcome possible. Considering our own excesses were destroying the planet. This beautiful sphere was not able to renew itself from the destructive effects of our ongoing abuse. Yet, standing directly in front of us, was our future. They survived our world's cataclysm. They were there before us, to lead us and guide us. The future appeared bright again. We look forward to the following day, to learn more from them. But the next day, they left us. In a nuclear blast, they exploded back into the future. T-minus 25 seconds and counting. 24, 23, 22, 21. Three years after this nuclear explosion, which resulted in massive evacuations of the sector, scientists throughout the world determined that it was safe enough to search the area for any clues regarding our guests' arrival and departure. We had many questions left to ask. We wanted to prove that they were truly here, that this was not a figment of our combined imaginations. The world's leading scientists combed the contaminated landscape in search of evidence that would direct our path. They left no stone unturned and carefully searched through the land, many times over, but found nothing. They found no trace of a wrecked vessel. There were no pieces of the aquifer anywhere, but there were pieces of the nuclear missiles that exploded. T-minus 20 seconds and counting, 19, 18, 17, 16. Of all the world's experts, the Norwegian scientists seemed to be the most determined to find answers to this mystery. They were on the scene more often and longer than any of the other authorities. All the scientists started their search with conventional detection instruments. But as time went on, frustration grew among many of the world's intellectuals. The scientists from Norway concluded that only one thing could have led this vastly intelligent society to slam their amazing vessel into a land formation after two nuclear missiles exploded. They must have been tracing a signal that led them into another dimension. The Norwegians, unlike all the other nations, decided not to search debris, but to seek a signal. Microwaves, radio waves, and radioactive signals abounded in every instrument they designed and used at the fallout location. After carefully considering where our future guests had come from, 
They understood that the conventional wisdom of detecting signals from outer space was leading them in a the wrong direction. Marine life experts and naval seamen combined their efforts. They blended the sounds and wave patterns of the ocean with the sonar of whales and dolphins along with the underwater echoes of nuclear submarines and amphibious vessels. The experts invented a sophisticated instrument designed to detect all noises from bodies of water everywhere. When this detection apparatus was first used, it detected every wave pattern as well as signals from dolphins, whales, and a host of other marine life. Its interference with the beacon from submarines and amphibious vehicles was only a minor consequence of its use. The scientists cheered the detection of every bleep until the pattern was diagnosed and the analysis could discern whether the sound was produced by a marine animal or a sea-moving vehicle. However, late one night at the Oslo Marine Science Lab, two scientists made some final modifications to the apparatus. They modified the device to receive a signal that had never been heard before. The next day, the marine science specialists eagerly tested the device in a fallout location. A weak signal that had never been detected before bleeped on a sonar display screen in the Norwegian National Science Lab. The first flash was captured and recorded. It appeared to be the exact signal indicator the world was waiting to find. Still, the scientists wanted to be certain of their findings. They tested their discovery many times over, and each time the same faint pulse appeared on the screen. At first, they were slow to praise themselves for the discovery that every scientifically advanced nation had been searching for. But now the celebration was justified. They were certain their finding was conclusive. The barriers surpassed by future underwater dwellers, allowing them to travel the oceans back and forth through time, are not as easily succeeded by our own voyagers of this place and time. In order to abide by current protocol and safety procedures, the director of the National Science Lab in Oslo contacted the Norwegian State Secretary and explained their discovery. Once the State Secretary was fully convinced of the validity of the experiment, she arranged for a meeting to be held between herself, the head of the Ministry of the Environment, the Prime Minister, and the Norwegian King and Queen. The King and Queen of Norway, as well as the Prime Minister, were completely satisfied with the information presented by the director of the Ministry of the Environment. All were keenly in favor of moving forward with this discovery. The State Secretary was given the authorization to move ahead in the organization of a worldwide committee for development of this beacon to recontact the Aquafy and its crew. The first meeting was arranged with the United States government. At that meeting, the two countries agreed to set in motion a cooperative measure between all the nations to make this one giant step for humanity a reality. T-minus 15 seconds and counting, 14, 13, 12, 11. At their most important summit held four years ago at the United Nations, the countries decided that full cooperation was essential if they were to take this momentous step towards a better future. Out of this historic meeting came the decision to use technology from Japan, 
the United States, and the European Union. Industrial power would be provided by China, Korea, and India, while scientific innovations would continue flowing from the United States, Norway, Russia, and Canada. They also decided that the first pioneers to navigate this new invention, leading us into the future, would come from Norway, England, France, and the United States. Moreover, since Norway and the United States were the first to point the world to this discovery, they should have envoys in this pioneering expedition. Worldwide funding quickly poured in to support the program for research and testing. For two years, the world's marine laboratories were the main scientific focus. Inventions were tested and retested. Analysis of this apparatus was approved at the National Science Lab in Oslo and shipped to the United States for final assembly, a computer-generated reproduction of the living environment that the instrument and its crew would encounter was used in order to detail every possible event that they might experience. To aid the team, a special device was added. T minus 10 seconds and counting. Nine, eight, seven, six. The colossal missile was larger than any that had ever ventured into outer space. It loomed three times larger than the recently retired space shuttle Endeavour. It was 425 feet long. Its width was 310 feet. There were two wings, one on each side, spanning from the end of the flight deck window to the start of the two rear rocket stabilizers.